Yeah, I know. Some people would have opened up with Don't Fear the Reaper. But not me. Great song, but burning for you. smooth vocals one of my longtime favorites uh, someone I have often stated and considered one of the most underrated guitarists in rock and that is my guest on the line right now one Buck Dharma Buck how are you sir Mo it's great to talk to you listen this is uh, this is a, a moment for me and I apologize for the fact that that my voice is shot. I've been arguing with stupid people, uh, and, and, and I'm also sick. But uh, uh, what a pleasure talking to you because of, and let me get it out of the way. Let me get the business aspect of it out of the way, and that is the fact that you will be out at Epcot at Disney World in Orlando, I believe March 19th through the 20th, with your band, a band that, if I'm not mistaken, you are the sole original member of, uh, Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah, it's uh, we're going to be there on Sunday and Monday, and uh, I share that, that honor with Eric Bloom, too, which is their featured vocalist of BOC. I, I, okay, but understand something. Yeah. I'm going to pull down the music so we can we can talk man to man. You're the vocalist of... Uh, Blue Oyster Cult, all right? Let's, let's not mistake that. <laughs> right, yeah. Buck, you have not been given your due in rock history, and I refuse to allow you to come on this show with the requisite humility that you're displaying and not let people know that Buck Darman is Blue Oyster Cult. <laughs> and I yeah. will stand by that. Well, well, thank you for your, your, you know, your, your endorsement, and it was a great intro to the, to the interview. A- absolutely. And, and that's yeah. not to say, and I mentioned a couple of songs. You guys, you guys have a, a, a litany, a list of great songs, some deep tracks, some deep cuts. Um, you would have more. I contend, Buck, I contend, Buck, that if it had not taken the band and or you five albums in, uh, starting with Agents of Fortune to realize they should be giving you uh, the chief singing and songwriting duties. Uh, you guys, you guys would be would have been much more huge uh, than you were. Yeah, well, I started out as just a guitar player. I mean, I sang a couple of songs on some of the early records, but uh, well, it's just the way it worked out. You know? Well, well, uh, take me through the process, and you can take me down the short street if you want to. How was it determined that? Okay, this guy that started out as just a guitar player, we now need to bring him to the front. Um, it, I think uh, radio did it. Really, it was you know with a, when when I wrote the Reaper, that's the song that became our first uh, you know chart hit, what well, single hit because we were we were an album band, you know, right? We were, right. We album oriented, yeah, album oriented right, rock, yeah. correct? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's the way it went, and uh, you know, I, I I don't think it was conscious or uh, on purpose. It just sort of happened. Yeah. Why do I think? And I correct me if I'm wrong. I thought Godzilla preceded "Don't Fear the Reaper." Am I wrong in that? Yeah, that Godzilla was the next year. The next right? year, okay. That was on the Spectres uh, okay. LP, right? And uh, Reaper was on Agents of Fortune. Uh, uh, yeah, understand something. Uh, Godzilla, as a kid, that was just a fun song. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, it was crazy. It's got it's got one of the most unmistakable riffs, uh, opening riffs in in guitar. But hold on, speaking yeah. of speaking of unmistakable riffs, hold on a minute. Yeah, let's go. Is that you harmonizing with your own voice, or is that other members in the band? Yeah, that's well, that's me, and it's also uh, the uh, the producer David Lucas, who was uh, a, a famous jingle guy in New York, and he was co-produced our records with Sidney Perlman and Murray Krugman on those those particular records. Okay, and he yeah, and his his voice is underneath mine, and. Um, He's also the guy who's the cowbell guy. He's really the uh, he's really the Christopher Walken. And, and, and let's cowbell. talk about that. But let me just say this: yeah. What's great about your voice is that it is as it is is as melodic as your guitar playing. And I thought I think you brought a, a melody to heavy metal because you know hard rock, heavy metal. I mean, you know, Blue to Cold. I feel you know certainly could fit into that genre. Um, you brought a melody that uh, most other heavy metal guitar players didn't possess. Uh, well, you're right, and I, it's just the way I sing. You know, I can't do the the real rock voice thing. You know? <clears throat> right, right. I do what I do, and that's it. You know. Now you talk about the cowbell in this song, and SNL famously. Uh, right. Yeah. That, did you have any idea that skit was going to air, or was it a surprise to you? No, I don't. And I've never met Will Ferrell, but I, the first thing I would ask him is how he came up with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I never gave the, you know, the band never gave the cowbell a thought. No, it was cowbell. Live. <laughs> yeah. How, how you know? were you How were you made aware of its impact? Did you have people blowing you up that night? Or what, what yes. made you? Oh, yes. Yeah, I wasn't watching it live, but uh, I got a call from uh, my mother-in-law, my wife's mom was watching it and she said turn on snl <laughs> <laughs> um uh how was you were paid and this is something that i was talking about i do a saturday rock show on this very station uh mm-hmm. rock oriented talk show and i retold this story and i forget how you came up but you were paid one of the the band was not 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 specifically you or not just you but blue earth to call was paid a, a, a very fine um compliment by james hetfield from metallica I remember an interview he was doing, and he was talking about where he was kind of losing his fire uh, for to play and and to be out there. And he was at a bar, and he you you guys were up, Blois to Colt were up, and he said I watched them, and I knew that they had been used to playing in much bigger venues, but they were up there and they were giving you a performance uh, that they would have given anywhere regardless of the size and their hearts were in it and that kind of rekindled the fire for me in rock and roll. Well, that's great. That's the first I heard of that. Yes. But he's right. You know, it's, we always play like we mean it. You know, we, we never phone it in. I, I, listen, I've seen, I've never had the chance to see you guys live, uh, but I've seen, uh, you know, many performances, obviously, uh, vis-a-vis the internet. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you, that's unmistakable. And it's it's a very 
it's a very interesting trajectory with Bloors to Code. People would have to do the deep dive. But so many members, you guys, you guys have branches in so many different other bands uh, that have brought you together, up to and including uh, one of the guys uh, for me, Mata Hoople, uh, which has one of my favorite, uh, is one of my favorite one-hit wonder bands out there, uh, if I can say yeah. that, if I can say that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, is the passion there? I, I I know the passion is there still for you. Are you learning? Are you getting any new thrills? Or are you are you there and you're playing and you're like, I love this and this is what I'm doing it for. Are you learning anything new? Are you are you any new thrills coming at you playing at the stage that you're playing at now? Um, we have to entertain ourselves. You know, it's really right. it's. That's really important, you know, to to really keep doing it and enjoy it. I mean, to play and and sing, you know, and get paid for it is 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 one of the best jobs in the world. You know, it's just it's really good. I I'm blessed. You know, I absolutely I give thanks every day. You know? So, yeah, absolutely, all that. Um, yep. Let me let me talk about uh, what was maybe a minor hit that I, and just, I want to reference it. I just want to tell you this. I was one of those cats that was very surprised that Dancing in the Ruins uh, was Club Ninja, I believe was the LP. Uh, did, yeah. did not, did not blow up. What a, what a fantastic song that is uh, off of what I thought was a really solid album as well. Yeah. Uh, well, well, thanks. There's, there's a little story about that. Please. That was, um, that was in the middle of the last, Paola scandal that uh, was on uh, radio and at that at that very time, and um, the uh, what happened with corporate uh, CBS this is before Sony, but uh, they sort of threw their independent promotion guys under the bus, and and in retaliation they pulled oh. all, the, all the CBS product off the radio. No. <laughs> Okay, well that that makes yeah. a lot more sense because I always I, yeah. was, I was like this is going to put them right back up at the top, and now knowing that I understand uh, what the situation. Uh, yeah, well I appreciate your the depth of your your appreciation because you know that that's pretty obscure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Buck, I'm a fan. When I tell you I'm a Billy, uh, who set this up the uh, the cat that set this up, he sent me a text and he goes, "Hey, would you be interested in having Buck Dark?" I go, "Hell yeah." <laughs> of course I would be interested in having Buck Darmore. Before I yeah. let you before I let you go, uh what was the genesis of Don't Fear the Reaper? What what was what gave you the lyrics? What what does it mean to you? Um well I wrote the riff and that just sort of came to me, you know, <laughs> and immediately I said, Wow, this is good. Okay, so, but but let's let's pause yeah. there for a minute. How do you uh, how do you just write so you you got to let me get the riff again let me let me yeah. refresh people's memory So are you do you have the guitar in your hand and you're like darno now 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 and then go yeah. let me play that again that was cool darno yeah. is, is that how it happens yeah, that happened, and then the first two lines of the lyric, same thing, just just came into my head. Man. All are gone, but now they're gone. Right. And it was, you know, and I've said this you know, a lot of times before about, you know, what that song was about to me. And it was, um, I had been diagnosed with a, a, a heart, uh, irregular heartbeat 
and I was worried about my health. As it turned out, it wasn't a, it wasn't really life threatening to me, right. but it got me thinking about, uh, you know, a story where, where, you know, uh, a guy passes away and he, and he, he, you know, his, his girlfriend, you know, they, they just can't, he can't live without her. Of course he's dead, but anyway, right, right. anyway, but I imagine that it's possible to come back and sort of like go somewhere else together. And that's, that's what happens. That's what that's uh, not many love songs in, in heavy metal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is the beauty of right. that song and which I think is yeah. why it has endured uh, and been covered, you know, you know, ridiculously. Uh, yeah. I just think it, you know, it, it just, it touches a, a, a uh, like a commonality in people that you know, I, I, like we're all gonna go. You know, we're all just tenants here. But yeah, uh, just, yeah, you just I mean, you like to think there's something else. I do. Yeah. A- absolutely, absolutely. Listen, yeah. Buck, I'm going to let you go. I want to first thank you for stopping down and taking the time and letting us give you a call again. Uh, Epcot at Disney World, the 19th and the 20th, Blue Oyster Cult, giving it to you as they always have with full passion and full a full set of balls. Full set of balls, and right. uh, and don't leave until you hear Godzilla. If they walk off the stage and they ain't played Godzilla, <laughs> don't leave. There's yep. a, there's an encore nope. afoot. Um, right, they will not let us not play. Not that. So All right, I'm going to do it. I have my my one of my co-hosts, uh, Wells Rockwell, would like to ask you a question before I let you go. Go ahead, Rockwell. Uh, so I know uh, Blue Acer Cold, like your musical style is more like kind of like uh, Grateful Dead, The Doors, Jefferson Airplane. I know those are kind of like your influences. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, uh, are there like kind of like new age bands that kind of uh, like, for example, like Tam Impala that that you listen to now? Um, I can't think of anybody, but uh, I try to audit uh, chart music now, and and you know, there's there's bands that I do like, but uh, I don't don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. I take it back. Then. Your 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 yeah. your your leanings were you was it your dad that uh, played jazz or who was it that gave you a, a, a yeah, love of my, jazz? My, yeah, my dad that, was a sax player. He played tenor and alto, and you know he was he was he played weekends. You know he he was never he always had a day job, but uh, right. you know he he's he definitely uh, got me interested in music in general, and also I knew a lot of the the. Uh, you know the the jazz and big band uh, era guys. You know, Cat, cats. I, I was steeped in all that. And uh, as a lead player, I sort of phrase like a horn player sometimes. And I, you know, I think my dad was responsible for that. Did 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 he? Uh, is he still around or no? I'm assuming. I'm assuming. No, he passed a couple of years ago, but he was 95. Okay, so he, was, oh. he was an old guy. <clears throat> yeah, good run. I just wanted to know if he if he lived to see your success and and, and oh yeah, he certainly did. Yeah. and uh, and he moved to uh, Tampa. He was he was down there since uh, late late 80s. Let, let me ask you something. I want you to be honest, Buck. Did he ever yeah. ask you if he could uh, come in on stage and play play a little sax riff? <laughs> Yeah, he yeah, did. Yeah. yeah, he sat in with us a couple of times. No, and, uh, how great was yeah. that for you? Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, very good, very good. All right, uh, thank you again, Buck. Uh, much continued success, and uh, uh, from the heart, man, you have you have always been one of my favorite guitarists, and I will still continue to this day to say one of the most underrated in rock, certainly in heavy metal, my friend. Well, uh, thanks a lot, Bo. It's it's this is a terrific interview. I was re- I'm really uh, really impressed and flattered. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, stay safe out there, and when you're back through, let's have you back on, my friend. All right, yeah, anytime. All right, thank you. Right there, that is Buck Dharma, uh, a guitarist, vocalist for Blue Oyster Cult. 
Uh, originally started off as Soft White Underbelly. It's a good thing they changed the name. Uh, we're going to go to break. Before news, we're going to be uh, inter, uh, introducing a friend of mine, uh, Carrie, uh, uh, that uh, owns a little little diner spot that I think he needs to open up later than he does. <laughs> <laughs> Gershies, and I, I, I don't want to say the address because I'm going to mess it up, uh, but he's got some, some pizza in here, and it's smelling good, and I think he's got some uh, some what-infused sliders? Uh, Guinness. Guinness-infused Guinness sliders. sliders. Yep. All you drunks. He's got his uh, personal chef here as well, <laughs> or his executive chef, I should say. We'll find out everything when we get back. Don't you go anywhere. It's the Cat Name Mo Show. It's a cat named Mo. On 102.5 The Bone. And now, another bone traffic 